All right, welcome to Mountain Real Estate. Today is an exciting version because we have an interview with Samantha Kish. I met Sam when she was staying in Frisco last summer with her husband and kids. We actually got introduced through a mutual friend and had our first blind date uh, biking veil pass. Um, she is definitely someone you meet and it is hard not to enjoy being around her. She is fun. She is also an amazing athlete. She won our age group in the Frisco pedal pa- paddle pedal dash. And she is also a local master at Mountain Real Estate. So welcome, Sam. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's so exciting to be part of my first ever podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> um, well, thanks for being a part of my first ever interviewed podcast. So this will be good. Um, why don't you tell us about yourself and about your mountain real estate? Awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I am Sam, like you just said, and I've been in real estate since 2014. That's when we bought our first investment. Um, and it's, we've only invested in Frisco outside of our primary residence. And we started relatively small with a two bed, one bath. And then we've been able to kind of grow from there. And I'm sure we can get into all the details, but it's been a really fun and exciting chapter for me, both um, personally to enjoy it and bike, like you said, and also professionally for rental income and learning how to manage an Airbnb. Awesome. Yes. There's so much to unpack there. Um, What inspired you to purchase your, your first mountain home? We'll start there. Okay, great. Um, so, you know, my husband, Mark and I were married and living in San Francisco at the time. And we knew that San Francisco wasn't a place where we wanted to really establish roots and buy a house, but we were starting to build some, you know, money and we had some cash and we were thinking about, okay, what's the right investment for us to make? We loved Colorado. We knew we wanted to eventually move here. Um, and so that kind of led us to buying Frisco and we've always love Frisco just because of the accessibility to I-70. It's close to all the resorts and it has the iconic Main Street. So those are some of the reasons that kind of drew us into Frisco. Um, But to be honest, even at that time, the prices were high. At least we thought they were high (laughs) for us. Um, And so so we kind of had this whole thing of like, are we going to be able to buy a house there? Um, And it came on the market and our realtor, who is fabulous, called and FaceTimed us and we put an offer in the same day. And that's how it came to be. Was it as competitive then as it is now? Definitely no. No, like I think it's gotten so much more competitive, but at the time for us, um, you know, it just seemed like so much money, right? That we had to invest even for that first place. And now in hindsight, I'm like, that was nothing, right? Like we, we spent like $250,000 and it felt like a big investment. Um, But as you've seen with properties in Summit County now, you can't find anything like in that kind of price point. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think everywhere, I remember spending about that for my first house and that felt like I was selling my soul. Um, And now you can't even buy land for that anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. That's awesome. So you guys got into mountain real estate, you got into Frisco with your investment property And then you mentioned that you've kind of upgraded. Can you tell us about that progression? Yeah. Um, So so it's interesting that we've had three properties in, you know, 
I guess eight years now. Um, and it just happened that we were, you know, we had that first place and we were walking on main street and we saw something going for sale that was like comparable in size, way more outdated. And we saw the price point that it was selling for. And we were just shocked. We were shocked how quickly, I mean, it was like within two years of when we bought that first place and how quickly the uh, market appreciated. And so we were able to do the 1031 exchange and then buy a bigger place. And I think also from the personal standpoint, at that time, our family was expanding. Like I had my daughter Taylor when we had the first place. And then as you start, you know, growing your family and now we have two kids, you start to realize that the walls start getting closer and closer and you need more space. Um, and the other problem that we ran into is we always wanted to invite our friends and family. And so when you have a two bedroom place and you have kids, it starts to get really cramped. And so that was the other reason is we really wanted to host. And so that's why we wanted to expand and get kind of a bigger place. Okay. So your, your first one was, you said two bed, one bath. Yep. And then we ended up with a two bed, two bath, but it was, it was still more spacious place. And now our final property is three bed and two and a half bath. And I think we're done. That's why I said final. <laughs> I don't think we're going to, I think we're going to roll it forward again. Uh, yeah. And it's a beautiful place and great for hosting because I've gotten to experience it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We love having people over. And the, the other thing that we love the most about it is the location. And I mean, you're also on main street, but main street in Frisco is super fun. And I think it's really important to be within walking distance, um, to like a main street or a downtown if you can, just because it's great for me personally. And it's also great for our renters. Like I think our renters love the location. Yeah. To be able to walk to dinner and then walk home after a long day is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. It sounds like you guys have made some good investments along the way, even, even if you didn't really know what you were getting into back, back in the day. Um, so kind of shifting gears a little bit, uh, you mentioned that you use it as an investment and you do short-term rentals. Um, can you talk to us about like how you manage those rentals? If you have a property manager or if you do it yourself and kind of some of your experience with that? Yeah, that's been a journey for us also. So we, when we started, we had a fabulous property manager. It was a really small company and we had a personal relationship with the owner. Um, he was incredibly responsive and everything was working pretty seamlessly. And also at that time, you know, we were living in California. So if something went wrong, it would be really difficult for us to get up there and and even over the past kind of, I'll say 10 years, I feel like Airbnb and the tools to manage properties on your own have gotten so much better. So, but in the beginning, we started out with a property manager um, and, and things were going along pretty seamlessly and we would just get checks and we were very uninvolved, which was great. Um, but he ended up selling his company. And at that point too, we kind of looked around at other companies and property managers are expensive. Like you have to pay for uh, the service. And we ended up switching to a really large property manager in the area. And unfortunately we had a pretty bad experience and it started becoming a lot of work to manage the property manager. And so at that point, 
I decided, you know, with my husband, Mark, that we would take it over ourselves. So starting last January, so we're almost coming up on a full year of managing it on our own. Um, but prior to that, we've always had a property manager. Okay. So now that you have a year under your belt, what has been, I assume the biggest benefit is the finances, but what has been the biggest drawback? And if there's other benefits? Can you talk about yeah, you know, to be honest, the, the other big benefit that I didn't really anticipate is that I love the direct communication with our guests. And before it was kind of a, I don't want to say black hole because you would still see if they left a review and stuff, but you didn't really have any kind of, um, you know, you didn't really know who was staying at your house. And so I kind of like having more connection and seeing the people who stay and like post about their experiences and share like memories with their family. It makes me feel kind of good and happy, um, that we're doing it. So that's one big benefit. Um, yeah. In addition to like the finances, I think the the biggest con is just the time because, you know, the correspondence does take time. If there's issues, you you're on the hook to solve it. And you really have to be available anytime because questions can come up. And so kind of having that attachment where as before it was very like passive, I think that's probably the biggest difference as well. But, but overall, I'm really happy that we've taken it on and I don't think we'll go back to a property manager. Awesome. All right, Sam. So you've sold some, some good perks of being your own property manager, but has there ever been a time that you have been like, oh, I really want to go back to a property manager? Yes. So in general, in general, I'll say it's, it's been really easy, like honestly easier than I was expecting to take over the management myself. But there's been two specific situations when I was like, oh, this, this might not be for me. Um, and I'll share one. So of course, when it rains, it pours, right? And so my husband was out of town on like a guy's trip and me and the kids were flying for like our first flight of COVID. And I already had a lot of anxiety about traveling with two young kids by myself. And that is the day <laughs> that the cleaners contacted me and told me um, the sink, our faucet actually fell off of the counter. Like it came disattached in the kitchen and so it was this massive problem and we had a renter checking in the following day and so you know kind of panic ensues and and now another good tip or pro tip is to have a list of people that you have relationships with that you can contact like a handyman a plumber like really good cleaners I love our cleaners um to have that kind of already that infrastructure in place. So when something goes wrong, it's not your first time like looking on Google for plumbers. And that's where I was. And I was very panicky. And because it was like in the evening and, you know, I had to get this fixed by the next day. Um, but one other thing that I learned from that was there's a fabulous Facebook page for Summit County, which I know you also know and use. And that's a great resource. And you can post on there at 8 p.m. Like I need a plumber tonight and you will actually get like 12 responses and people and then you call and people are available and reliable and showed up. Um, and so we were able to navigate that. But there were a few hours in there that I was like, 
how am I going to explain to our renters that we don't have a kitchen sink? Like, good luck. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so yeah, you have to be resourceful. And, and like I said, I, th- I think now I have a little bit better grasp on like who I can call in those panic situations, but that, that was a first. <laughs> don't mind the sink dangling off the counter. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And those things only happen when your husband is out of town. I, I have a similar story from our long-term rental. Um, the basement flooded. I was pregnant. It was 8 p.m. on a Sunday night. And of course, Narendra was out of town. And it does not happen at a convenient time. You don't get those calls when it when it's convenient. So that, that's definitely a good, good thing to remember. I remember my grandma always saying, never be a property manager. You'll get phone calls at 3 a.m. and you'll have to go deal with a a leaky faucet. (laughs) She's right. And like I said, it's not often, but it's never at a good time. Like there's never a good time for that. Exactly. But you are spot on. Having that network of people to reach out to really makes a big difference when you get those phone calls. Yeah. Speaking of your connection with your people, I think one of the things that I've enjoyed just being your friend is kind of watching you promote it and promote Frisco in general. Um, You are really, truly a social media queen. Like we both, my husband and I both admire your your content. Um, So you mentioned you like that connection. What do you feel like has been the best way to engage your, your clients, either ones that are staying there currently or reconnecting with people who have been there in the past or, or finding new clients. I guess it's kind of all three phases. Yeah, I think, so I exclusively use Instagram to promote, you know, our house. And also, like you said, to promote Frisco, because I think, I just think Frisco has so much to offer. And I think, um, you know, people living there, lives even in Denver and stuff you're busy and you may not know like all the exciting things that are happening in the mountains like when a new restaurant is opening or if there's like a fourth of July parade so I just try to let people know you know whatever I find out that I think would be cool to go to I try to share with my guests um, or you know people who are interested in the area as well Um, I also love yeah promoting restaurants and like where to go what places to try Um, And I think I just try to be consistent. I think that's the biggest thing that I try to do with Instagram is like consistently sharing updates or um, thinking of things that might be of interest to any of my guests. And I think I've gotten pretty positive feedback. It's hard to know though, how it translates to bookings. So I wish I had a little bit better or like more quantifiable data to be like, okay, I promoted this and now it's equal this much in revenue and you can't quite tie it so one-to-one. But in general, like I get messages and DMs from people. So it seems like a lot of the content is resonating. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think Frisco should give you a little kickback because you do a great job promoting the town. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that, though, uh, how many of your clients are follow on clients? Do you have people that like come back each year that request to come back? Yeah, so I've had a lot of good feedback and, and that's something too that now I have the insight of like knowing who the guests are. We haven't had any repeat bookings through Airbnb yet. But we've had like over the past year, we've had a lot of people that have had inquiries about a second stay. Um, And I think it'll be interesting to see like, as I continue to manage it myself, I'll think we'll, I think we'll get those like guests that come back every year 
or, um, you know, yeah, like more repeat stays, but it hasn't been a common thing. And, and also like transitioning from our property manager to Airbnb, like if anyone has found our house again, then like, I don't have a record that they stayed there before. So yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like you're, you're doing, you're doing things right because you're getting great feedback and that social proof is really important in the short-term rental game. Um, so now let's look a little bit moving forward. What do you think would be your next real estate move? You said this one was the final, but any other <laughs> prospects for real estate? No, I think this is our final in Frisco, but not maybe not our final ever. <laughs> uh, Mark and I talk a lot about that we love like mountain towns and we'd love to do more of this. And if like Crested Butte was more affordable, we would definitely have a house there. Um, so I think it's just a matter of like finding the right investment where we think it's like a great location, a great property, and it's also priced at a, you know, priced reasonably. So we think it makes sense to kind of get in. Um, so I don't know yet, TBD, maybe we'll do a partnership, Candice. There you go. Yes. Yes. If we find something, well, call me. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, all right. And then one more, where is your favorite place to visit in Frisco? There's so many. It's such, it's such a tough question. Um, I thought about this and I think my favorite specific place is Rainbow Lake. And that's mostly because I've been there a million times. It is walkable from our house. You can go in winter or summer, all seasons, and my kids can go. And I feel like I just have a lot of happy memories, like hiking to Rainbow Lake. So that's my answer, but Main Street, the bike path, like I could give you a long list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things to love, but that that is a good one, especially with kids. It, when you see your kids enjoying something, you love to do it, makes it even better. Yeah. All right, well, thanks Sam for joining us. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Frisco Mountain House. That's our page. And you can also find our home on Airbnb. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. It was great to have you and kind of hear some firsthand insight on some mountain real estate. So um, to all the listeners, feel free to reach out to myself or Sam at Frisco Mountain House on Instagram. Um, and feel free to rate us on iTunes for the podcast since this is our first live interview with video too. Thanks so much for joining us, Sam. Yeah, no problem. Take care. Bye. And this is Candace Day signing off with Mountain Real Estate.